If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Today, I have a special treat for us. Somebody wrote in a question rather than wanting to be on the show, which you should all know is an option. And of course, you can go to my website, diabetessweettalk.com, go to the podcast button, and then you can register to just write in your question. But I have a friend and fellow T1D mom, Annie, here, and she's going to read this question and sort of talk to me about it. And I'm sure she's going to have other questions about the question. And I thought the dialogue itself might be helpful. So welcome, Annie, to the show. Hello. Hi. Why don't you read the question that we have for today? Okay. It says, I would like a bit of help thinking about how to support my type 1 daughter. She's in third grade and was diagnosed almost a year ago. The problem is that her best friend since forever has been rejecting of her around diabetes. Most recently, the friend said that she doesn't want to come to my daughter's diet anniversary celebration, but there are other things too. She won't go with my daughter to the nurse when she's low, and she doesn't like to be around if my daughter needs a pump change. She used to be the kind of friend who was at our house or the reverse all the time, and now it feels a little uncomfortable to have her around. I'm also friends with the friend's mom, but I don't know how to talk to her about this. My daughter is so sad. I keep telling her to focus on other friends because there are lots of them who are willing to help out, but this friend means a lot. Please help. Feeling powerless from Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you, Annie, for reading that. So we have a few different issues here, it sounds like, for feeling helpless in Madison, Wisconsin. And it sounds really hard because her daughter is not getting the support from this long-standing friend. Now, these are third graders. So we have to remember that long-standing can mean a lot of things. And there can be a lot of friendship shifts. That was hard to say um, <laughs> for third graders. I don't know, Annie, what's your experience with that with your kids? Because you have a few kids yourself. Like, did you see shifts in friendships through elementary school? Oh, yeah. Separate from diabetes, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Separate from oh, diabetes. Oh, yeah, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I know that there's also this kind of right around them that third grade is a time when my kids... You know, there are often great love, friendship, love affairs, and then breakups. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So we could be looking at something like that. So I have a few thoughts here. So let me back myself up. I'm wondering a few different things about how this mom is thinking about this. One important component seems to me about why is this friend being so rejecting. And what I know is that kids sometimes feel really uncomfortable around their friends getting all the attention. So I don't know if you experienced that with your daughter at all when she had diabetes, and I see you nodding your head, but sometimes kids don't like it when the other kids get attention. We know this all really, really well from siblings, right? That's really clear is that siblings really can have a lot of envy or really weird behaviors when their sibling is diagnosed because they can get so upset. And And it sounds like this kid is maybe a 
a chosen sibling in a way because she said they've been friends forever and they are friends yeah. with yeah, it does sound like chosen sibling. I like that. Yeah, that's totally true. So it could feel like, wait, my sister is getting all the attention and I'm getting none of it. Right. So I don't want to support this kid in any way because I'm going to dig my heels in. I don't, what do you think of that? I mean, it it definitely sounds possible. I'm also just wondering if, if she's freaked out at all about mm-hmm. needles or the mm-hmm. safety or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're bringing up a good point. So I'm remembering is when my son was diagnosed, we were in an after school program with a kid who he had been in preschool with. And we told this kid and his mom who we've been friends with since preschool, you know, he just got diagnosed with diabetes. And this kid literally stepped backwards a step, right? Because he was so scared that it was contagious in some way. Now, obviously, this little girl knows it's not contagious because she's been taught that. And yes, she might be afraid of needles. A lot of kids are. She might be afraid of being responsible for walking her friend to the nurse's office, right? That could be something else that is feeling scary for her. Yeah. Like, how would you advise this mom if it's one of those or the other? Good question. So I think there are two things, right? We can imagine into how this child might be feeling, but we don't know. Mm -hmm. So the question is how to support her daughter, right? Mm -hmm. How can she support her own daughter? And also, is there room for her to have a conversation with the, with the friend's mom Mm -hmm. about this to try to clear some of it up? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, let's first tackle how she can support her daughter. Cause I think there's a conversation to be had. It sounds like what's her name again? Hopeless in Madison, Wisconsin. Powerless. Powerless. Powerless, yes, in Madison, Wisconsin. So I think that that powerless is not so powerless. She's encouraging her daughter to like think about other friends, but she might want to face head on Mm -hmm. that it feels bad for her daughter, like validate, validate, validate. Of course, it feels bad. And to, to name to her daughter that this doesn't have to mean that everything's over to maybe speculate a little to her daughter. You know, it could be that I'm going to make up a name here, Sally, that Sally is feeling a little bit scared of diabetes, right? Not everyone's as familiar with it as you are and I am. And that can be really hard. And we can still have a relationship with her, just not with diabetes in the mix right now. And things can change over time, right? So just to reassure her that the friendship doesn't have to be over just because this little girl is having struggling with diabetes. Do you have thoughts about that? Would you ever, I don't know about trying to remember when my kids were that age, but would you ever ask, would you ever suggest that the daughter ask the friend or would you as the parent ever? Cause I mean, we're sitting here guessing maybe it's this or maybe it's that, but I'm wondering if there's not a way for either the moms or the kids to get more information to then be able to address it. Yeah, I think personally, I think since there's a relationship with the kid's mom, with Sally's mom, we're naming her, I would go to the mom and ask and just name in a really honest, clear, straightforward, non-judgmental way. Like I'm noticing that Sally is struggling with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm imagining it could be that she's afraid of it. I'm imagining it could be that it feels overwhelming to her that my child's getting all this attention around this thing. It's so sad for us, but we wanted to understand better what her perspective is. Absolutely. Curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. 
that's so much nicer than saying what I was imagining saying, which is, your kid is being kind of mean to my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Because right, as powerless in Wisconsin, you're really protective. That's the problem. Yeah, you feel protective. Yeah. But I think you having that language is helpful to remind me and other type one moms that, you know, coming at it with curiosity and understanding is mm-hmm. of course going to be more effective and mm-hmm. helping someone engage. Mm-hmm. Well, it also hopefully will allow that other mom to not feel defensive. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. And maybe powerless and her daughter can sit down with Sally and her mom. But I actually think it's better for the moms to talk at this age, at third grade, nine years old ish, better for the moms to just maybe eight, better for the moms to just have a conversation and Sally's mom to talk to her and report back. And maybe maybe you're right, Annie, that was a good call, like maybe mom to mom first, and then hopeless or powerless can talk to her daughter um, and say, you know, Sally's feeling like it's just hard for her, whatever feels appropriate. Like, I think it might be hard for her to share, you know, she feels like you're getting all the attention because of diabetes, right? Because the kid with diabetes isn't feeling like she's getting particularly positive attention. Yeah. Right. She has the chance. Yeah. Yeah. She would pass if she has the chance. So for that, I might just say she's struggling with you having a diagnosis and it makes it hard. And of course it's sad, but maybe kind of what you're saying is, you know, the idea of like, give her time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could be a good message to the kid, to the powerless's daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that is important, right? Because otherwise powerless is going to be communicating that this is a disaster, mm-hmm. that this is, and that is so important as a parent to try to stay level and not um, catastrophize what's happening. These are eight or nine-year-old little girls and they can have all kinds of ups and downs. As you said, with your own kids, there were a lot of love affairs and breakups around this age, right? There's a lot of shift that can happen. And we as parents have to hold all that kindly, gently, and lightly and not get too involved in the soap opera drama of it. We're gonna take a quick break and be back with more answers. Right now, your child's type 1 diagnosis feels like the biggest blow ever. You feel worried for their health and watchful all the time of pretty much everything, blood sugar, food, exercise. If your child was diagnosed in the last year and you want to get back to the calm and sturdy parent you were before diagnosis, the place to start is with Sweet Talks After Diagnosis coaching program. Designed just for parents like you, by me, a fellow T1D mom and experienced therapist and diabetes coach, After Diagnosis will help you find a faster path to calm. When you're doing better with diabetes, your child will do better too. To find out more, go to diabetessweettalk.courses. I guess the other question that I have is when you talk about validating, is there a, um, again, the protective mom in me comes out and wants to, and, and imagines validating as like, yeah, that's really not okay how she's treating you. Mm-hmm. If it's a friendship that I would have this family investment in mm-hmm. and closeness to, I'm thinking like, wait, maybe I, maybe it's a different kind of validating regardless of whether they're friends. I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering how you would recommend that, what that validation would look like. Mm-hmm. So I think the validation is just how hard it is for her that there's a shift because of diabetes right? That diabetes is causing even more shift for her, right? There's already the shift that 
she got it. There's already the shift that she has to manage it. This kid has a lot on her plate. And there's a really profound shift in this friendship. I think I would just validate that instead of making it worse than that, right? I would just stay with that and notice how painful it is. And from there, be saying, we have to hold the possibility that because Sally's uncomfortable now doesn't mean she'll be uncomfortable for always. We have to hold the possibility that there are other people who can be good allies to you and support you well. That's super helpful. Mm -hmm. I was also wondering about when this mom mentions the friend not coming to her daughter's diet anniversary, because we usually did that with just our family, sometimes like aunts and uncles, but mostly just our immediate family. I just was wondering what you have seen with that and what you recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people have lots of different ways of celebrating diet anniversaries that really range. And actually, I wrote um, a blog post around this. So if you folks want to go to my website, they can go to the blog and read about diet anniversaries and my thoughts generally about it. But I don't think there's a right or wrong way. And I can see for this family that it's yet another place where this T1D kid is the center of attention in a way that's hard for this child. And so being sensitive to the fact that that might be the case, maybe it would be better to just say to the diabetic child, you know, we've thought about it. We realize this is a family. This is a family um, issue. This is not issues the wrong word. Um, this is a this is a point of pride for our family that you've been healthy for this last year. And so we want to celebrate it in a family context. And that also takes some of the sting out of this little girl saying she doesn't want to be there because it's not a birthday party. And so we have to distinguish for this child. And I would say even for this family, that this is not a birthday party. It's not meant to be celebrated in that same way. And sometimes people outside the family context are going to have a harder time understanding what that celebration is. It's sort of a celebration of good health and a strong life despite adversity. That's a harder one to swallow when you're eight or nine years old, right? right? And so it might be that this mom can recalibrate expectations for this daughter. This isn't a like pinata party, right? This is a pretty serious thing. It doesn't mean you can't have balloons and celebration, but this is a very sophisticated celebration. And so maybe that's even more confusing for the friend too. Um, I would think so. Right. I would definitely think so. Again, I, you would see in the blog post I wrote, like, I have no argument with people celebrating big because life is so full of hardship. Why not get balloons, right? And do the big thing. And we have to keep our eye on what the celebration is for. It's not another birthday party. It's celebrating something different, which is a little harder for a young child to understand. And perhaps she feels like, why does my friend get two birthdays? Right. So maybe doesn't want to be part of it. And for the mom to say to this kid, you know, we're just going to keep it to our family because this is something that's so special and important to us might make it an easier pill to swallow for this child. This might be going back a little bit, but I'm wondering again about, so you talked about maybe not expecting the kids uh, for powerless from Madison, not expecting or asking or coaching her daughter to go find out why the other kid is uncomfortable. But I'm wondering about coaching her daughter to just respond to, you know, what to say or not to say. She, you know, she says, I'm telling her to focus on other friends, but it seems like it might be an opportunity for her daughter to have some experience or learning around, um, you know, 
how to let this other kid know what she needs or mm-hmm. know how she feels or. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that. That's a great question, right? You're talking about how do we teach our young children to state their needs in situations that are kind of adversarial almost. Um or tell their friends how they're feeling when they're hurt. I yeah. don't remember really developmentally what's appropriate at this mm-hmm. age. Yeah, it's hard. And it would be hard for a little kid to manage. I would think that the most third grade child would be able to do is say something like, she's going to the nurse's office and she's low and wants Sally to come. And Sally says no for her to say, I'd love you to come next time. Right. But that's pretty big. Right. That would be really hard, I think, for a third grader to hold on to. But to keep, if she's capable of keeping that door open and not having a hurt feeling come between them at other moments too, right? So that they can eat lunch together, they can play in the yard together, they can be partners in class together, even though this child isn't really able to support her diabetes to say, I know that that being with my diabetes is hard. That's another thing she could say to her. I know being with my diabetes is hard and I still want you to be my friend. That does feel like a big ask for a third grader to me. That feels like a big ask of any kid. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think you're making a really good point because I'm just looking at the question again and the mom says uh, her best friend since forever has been rejecting her around diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I think I've been assuming that that's kind of more global, but it might not be. It might, she might be very eager to be playing with her and eating lunch with her and just kind of shying away when, when diabetes is what is happening. So regardless for the mom to be able to open the door and make space. I think that's what you're saying that, mm-hmm. you know, for the mom to, you know, to allow the possibility and talk as if there's, it's very possible that the kid wants a relationship, just can't handle the diabetes part. Yeah. And the danger here is if the mom feels so hurt and wounded that Sally can't show up with her daughter to the nurse, that she starts coaching her daughter to not be friends with Sally. So it's really important to, to really be sort of granular almost here. Like if Sally can't handle, you know, finger sticks, trips to the office, pump changes and diet anniversaries, can Sally still show up in all the other ways and be a good friend? Because that's something else to say to a child. Like, yeah, I get it. That's a validation, right? Like she's not really doing a great job of showing up around diabetes and that's got to feel like, ouch. And I can see she still wants to show up in all these other ways. And sometimes friends are good in one place and not as good in another. I think that's amazing. That's really, that's super helpful. Yeah. And I think you're right that the, you know, it would be so easy for for the mom to, again, from a mother bear place say like, oh, this friend isn't taking care of you and therefore isn't a good friend. And so to be able to be granular in that way, I think that's really helpful reminder. Mm -hmm. Well, and also we get so caught up in our children's hurt. Yeah. And like, we don't know what number child this is, right? Because I have three kids and Annie, you have three kids. And we know that with our later children, we got less caught up in whatever the drama was on the schoolyard, right? So if this mom has more children, she might, it might be easier for her to step back. Regardless, her task is still to hold it lightly. Remember that kids have drama. Remember that she gets to be friends with that kid's mom, whether or not the girls are friends with each other right? There are lots of things that she needs to kind of hold lightly here. And it's hard if you have a newly diagnosed T1D kid. We know that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Any other questions, Annie? 
I feel like I, I think I wouldn't, this is not, but I just, I think I wouldn't have thought about keeping, about separating out, you know, like mm-hmm. this kid, assuming that this kid might want to still be very close, but is, is either jealous or freaked out about the medical issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I want to give a nod to how hard that might be for powerlessness in Wisconsin, right? Because when diabetes comes, as you know, as well, it kind of, it's like a tsunami, it washes over you and it, it wipes the beach clean, like you you kind of have a feeling of needing to start over. And it's a pretty sophisticated uh, way to hold friendship too. like hard for a child to be like, good friend in this space, but not good friend in this space. Like as adults, we kind of learn how to do that. Like, I can call this friend for this issue, but not for the other issue, right? And so that that's a lot to ask. So these are these are um, aspirational ideas of how to manage this. Yeah, I think that's why it was when you were saying that. I was like, oh yeah, that's such an important point because even just me remembering, you know, when my daughter got diagnosed, it, it's like I, I don't know that I, you know, I just remember how I felt at the time and that I was so protective and much more willing and able and inclined to globalize, you know, people's responses. And so Mm -hmm. kind of remembering the importance of what you're saying, but um, it feels like a new idea all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're remembering that it's important what I'm saying, but also that it might not have been so possible for you at the time of diagnosis, right? So we have so much empathy for this mom and so much empathy for this little girl who's experiencing the pain of a friend who's kind of not being so kind, especially around the diabetes, because it feels specific to that, even though it really might not be, right? It might just be envy or things just coming up that the the balance got tipped, right? Why does this girl get to leave classroom? Like going to the nurses in third grade, going to the nurses can be a pretty cool thing. (laughs) Exactly, right? And she doesn't want to be the tag along sidecar going to the nurse. She wants to be as important as her friend. Well, Annie, thanks for being on with me and reading the question. I want to encourage people to go and on themselves and write in questions if they have them. And thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.